Andrew Dowdy and Chase Kitty back on High Motor by BetMGM. This is the Monday, July 12th episode. Only We're just talking about before the show, only one of 14 episodes until week zero of college football hits, and then obviously a couple of more episodes before week one of college football hits, and then a couple of more before week one of NFL. That's that Thursday, September 9th, Bucks cowboys So we still have a ways to go here, and we've kind of now hit this mid-July period in which you've referenced several times Ugh. on the show and off-air. Now, 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 I'm not going where you think I'm going to go. Oh, okay. You're talking about my futures. Yeah, yeah like, this, is, this is when you really start digging into futures. Like, we've been talking a lot NFL futures this summer already with eight divisional previews. We just wrapped the AFC on Thursday's episode with the AFC West. If you did not listen to those eight uh, very evergreen episodes on your podcast player, yeah, the numbers will shift a little bit, but I think the conversations uh, have pretty long shelf life. You didn't catch them as you start or as you continue to look at NFL numbers for the season. Anyways, we've now reached a point where like all the moves have been made, you know, like Richard Sherman might land somewhere and there are other like middle and lower tier, fairly low impact free agents that end up could playing a significant role on some of these teams. Like generally the moves have been made, maybe some franchise tags yet to be signed. We could see some small roster changes, surprising cuts, etc. And I mean, barring a very late, very unexpected trade of Aaron Rodgers, we know what teams are going to look like at this point. We've had the schedule now for gosh, almost two months or so. I mean, training camp injuries will change that. And yeah, we've referenced that in the past. Do we like this number while they're only one injury away or whatever? But I feel like we're not really in the business of predicting like how many ACLs are going to snap this August. At least I, I'm not. I'm not sure if you are or maybe Mrs. Chase Kitty is. Is that the <laughs> is that the pillow talk in the Chase Kitty household? Yeah, we talk about a lot of ACL stuff. Yeah. Hey, hon! Who's going down in August? She mainly delivers babies, so it's a different end of the spectrum. Is that her specialty? Uh, that's one of the teams she's on. Yeah, she's a she's a CRNA, so she mainly does anesthesiology stuff. Lots of baby delivering, lots of epidurals. And then she comes home to you. Yeah. What a lucky gal. Lock that down, huh? Yeah. Anyways, to kind of... Before I get in more trouble. Before we talk about vaginas. Woo! Boy. (laughs) This podcast's off to a great start. I thought we were going to kind of go to college football right away after wrapping up those NFL divisional previews, but you made a good point that this is probably the, the best opportunity to put a bow on NFL futures because even though we did every single division, those numbers have changed. I went back and looked. The first NFC preview, that was the NFC South way back on June 3rd. We're going to revisit some numbers we liked in the divisional previews, but we're also going to talk about some new stuff. Some numbers have moved. A lot of odds, obviously, associated with those numbers have moved, whether it's win totals, make the playoff, whatever. And one that I want to start with, we've mentioned this storyline quite a bit. We've actually, honestly tried like not to talk about it, but it still has come up with the Aaron Rodgers situation. We've mentioned movement with the Packers Super Bowl odds several times, but since I think the last time since it was mentioned, the Broncos have now plummeted from 1,600 to 4,000. So they opened at 6,600 back in January. If I remember correctly, only five teams were below them. They climbed to 2,000 on draft weekend 
after Schefter's report as betters were just pounding them. I didn't look at the handle of tickets recently, but like overdraft weekend, they went from a minuscule handle up to nine or 10% of the Super Bowl handle. Anyways, now they're back down to 4,000, like which for context is right now, the Cardinals are in that area. Cowboys are 4,000. That's where the Steelers sit. So there's the context for you where they're now sitting well below where they were at six, uh, 2,000. Excuse me. Despite this drop, the Packers haven't moved, Like, which doesn't guarantee a thing for Rodgers, and it still seems like genuinely nobody knows what's going to happen. But if you're giving me 1,600 odds, when it seems pretty clear at this point that Rodgers isn't going to be traded, it seems to me really unlikely that he just gives up a year when he only has a few left. And you and I have both been on the train that we think he's coming back. We're going to assume he's coming back with these numbers. I wanted to bring this up because with the Broncos going from 2,000 to 4,000, but the Packers haven't moved, I like this number more than ever. I like this number before because I was under the impression that Aaron Rodgers would be back. And if you're giving me the Packers to win the Super Bowl at 1,600, I mean, talk about a time to grab a futures number because... Like, I don't see this getting any better. The second that Aaron Rodgers showed up at training camp or Schefter tweets it, I don't know if this number gets cut in half, if it gets down to 500 or 600. Yeah, sure, if Rodgers doesn't come, then it's going to, I don't I think Jason Scott alluded to it, it's going to be at like seven or 8,000. But this number is not going to get better, and you're still giving me 1,600? Like, what am I missing here? Are you noticing this at all? Do you care at all? I have three teams written down on my sheet on future tickets I want to hold to win the next Super Bowl. And I actually, I now have all three of these tickets. I own all three of these tickets, and they are 49ers at plus 1,200, Browns at plus 1,600, Packers at plus 1,600. You're exactly right. There is a maelstrom of drama around the Rodgers stuff. We've been over it. Everybody else has been over it. So we don't need to break it down, I think, anymore other than to say, yes, there is massive value here. We're into July at this point. You know, camp is around the corner. I don't know if he's going to show up, but it seems more likely than not at this point that he's not going to be traded. So he's either going to not play or he's going to play for the Packers. I'm going to err on the side of him playing for the Packers. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Fine. I'm holding a useless ticket. It's not the first time it's happened to me. It won't be the last. But I think there's a good chance he comes back, he's still mad, and he goes on another murder tour, and they possibly win the Super Bowl, and then 20 years from now, Aaron Rodgers is producing his own version of The Last Dance. Like, that's really not that unreasonable. Maybe the last part was. But most of that, not that unreasonable. For all we know, this whole thing is an elaborate thing to keep the Aaron Rodgers angry thing going. I mean, I I don't... I don't really get it. That's not how I'm wired. But if that's what he needs to remain competitive when he's getting into his later 30s, whatever, man. Do what you got to do. I like the Packers at plus 1,600. If Rodgers plays, this is a great number. So we're going to take the chance that he might not come back because if he does come back, this is a great ROI opportunity. Let's talk about some new stuff. Anything new from, from you that either you didn't like when we did that divisional preview two weeks ago, four weeks ago, six weeks ago, whatever it was, a number that possibly moved or you just missed? Like, Is there anything new that you're now strongly considering taking as a future or you've already taken that position? Yeah, I went in and and looked at all these different pages that MGM has for, for NFL futures, and I found a bunch that I liked. 
I'll start with a couple of player props here. I found some rookie player numbers that you can bet over or under. For example, I took Jamar Chase under 999.5 yards for the 2017 season. Uh, receiving yards, I should say. Uh, I mean, hey, I'm not saying he's not a great player. He is a great player. And he obviously has a connection with Joe Burrow because the LSU thing. I'm not breaking any news there. But it does feel like that's actually being overhyped. The idea that, well, these guys know each other, so they've already got a rapport. Well, there are plenty of receivers that didn't play together with their quarterback in college, and then they find a rapport. So the, the idea that, well, they played at LSU together, so they're going to just take the league by storm. The Bengals are not a good team. And yeah, it's an extra game. And yeah, we've seen a 1,000-yard rookie receivers before. We've even seen a 1,000-yard rookie receivers from that LSU team. But it, it just feels like a lot to ask for, especially given the state of their offensive line. So I, I like that under 90, 999.5 receiving yards, basically saying you won't have a 1,000-yard uh, rookie year as sort of a public fade. Uh, I, Travis Etienne under 624.5 rushing yards. Going back to the, the chase thing really quickly here, I, I, I agree with you. I don't know if I'm going to take that yet, and I, I don't disagree with anything you said. One kind of also note on that, whether or not you're high on T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, like they're all of a sudden not just going to be irrelevant in that offense. Yeah, there are other ca- pass catchers on the team. Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins like aren't bad receivers. I mean, T. Higgins was a high draft pick last year, not as high as Chase, but it's not like Higgins is all of a sudden going to catch 40 balls for 600 yards. Like there are still miles to feed there. And barring an injury, which again, like we're not really in the business of saying, well, if this guy gets hurt, yeah, obviously if T Higgins or Tyler Boyd gets hurt, Jamar Chase's volume is going to go up. Have fun just betting that you're going to get an injury. There's no way that we're going to see that much regression from these guys. Maybe Boyd goes from 79 receptions down to 65 and then Burrow stays healthy and they just throw more this year. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm not sure if I'm like fully on board with taking the under on this yet. Maybe I'll feel better about it closer to the season, but I just think there are too many mouths to feed. And I think that's the primary argument here for taking the under. So that's, that's one of my rookie bets that I took. I also took, uh, I've got a couple of running backs here. We've talked about the Najee Harris stuff. Uh, he, he's the, the, the under here that I'm, I'm looking at, unless I'm reading my handwriting wrong, this sounds insane is under 949.5 rush yards. Yeah, yeah, that's the number. Yep. That's crazy to me. Their offensive line is not good. So I'm going to go under that. Basic, again, it's it's almost just fading the idea that he's going to come out of the gate with a bad offensive line and have a 1,000-yard rushing season. And then Travis Etienne is the other one. Under 624.5 rushing yards for his rookie season. That's not some insane number, but you have to remember what the Jaguars' offensive offense looks like. First of all, he's a rookie player coming in to play 17 games. Second of all, he's not the starting running back, as far as we know. James Robinson is. So, I mean, when, when they drafted him, they said, yeah, we kind of like him more as a third down back, as a pass catcher, kind of right out of the gate. Doesn't mean he can't supplant Robinson and become that starting back or, or, or eat into his, his carry share, but... I kind of like him to stay under that number and have a bunch of receiving yards. Maybe he goes for eight or 900 all purpose. And we got to think that the Jaguars are, are going to be in position to throw the ball a lot in a lot of their games this year. But I, I think, you know, coming out of the gate with 650 rushing yards 
when you're not necessarily even the starting running back. That seems like an awful lot. So I, I'm going under on all three so of those. On that, on that note, really quickly, guess you actually might know because you probably paid attention to James Robinson quite a bit last year. How many yards per attempt do you think James Robinson averaged last year? Oh, it was sizable from what I remember. I mean, he ended up with, I think, 13 or 1,400 rushing yards on the season. So he had... So I would uh, not guess... quite. So he had he had just a shade under eleven hundred rushing yards. His yards that? per okay. attempt were four point five. Four point five. Four point five. All right. Five and a half would be pretty crazy. So let's say that I mean, I, I guess ETN's more of a home run here than Robinson is. Robinson's a bigger back, etc. And ETN's just gonna catch more passes. But in or if he if we can just say like which I think actually might be conservatively, for ETN to hit four and a half yards per carry, he needs nine carries per game. Every single game, just to get up to 650, you know, we're giving ourselves a little bit of cushion on that number because I think it's like six, 624 and a half. But this guy needs nine carries, and he needs four and a half yards per carry just to get to like 650. That's a big number for for him to get to. And because of, I think the whole Urban Meyer putting him at receiver thing is a little bit overblown. Like, I don't think ETN is going to start at receiver. I think they'll but, flex him out and, you know, they'll do some creative things with him. But yeah, what you're saying. Absolutely. For sure, and and, and then maybe he ends up catching three or four passes per game, and I think the higher receiver volume that he has is going to obviously hurt this number because if they have like some goal in mind, if they go into every game and say, we want ETN to touch the ball 13 times, I will bet you a lot of money they're saying we want four, five, or six of those to be re- to be receptions and then the other you know six, seven, or eight to be carries. Could there be a game where he comes in garbage time and has, you know, 15 carries in the fourth quarter. Yeah, of course there could. I'm just not sure how many games I see the Jaguars playing like that. So, again, he has to have nine carries every single game just to hit this number. So I like where your head is at with this. What do you have that's new? I don't know how I missed this. Our Carolina Panthers, plus 475 to finish second in the NFC South. We didn't, correct me if I'm wrong, we did not mention that. I just listened back to that episode today. We did not mention that. Did we miss that? that, That's what I'm struggling to understand here. Was I in a hurry and I didn't put that in my notes? We we really focused on me taking them to make the playoffs. (laughs) We didn't didn't talk about a lot of other numbers with them. What, What am I missing here? Like, what are we seeing from, like, Jameis Winston and or Taysom Hill to suggest that the Saints... The Saints are plus one thirty to finish second. The Bucks are plus two ten. The Bucks are winning this division. Like I don't, I don't see that bet at all. The Falcons plus four twenty five. The Panthers four seventy five. Why on earth are the Falcons at four twenty five, and they're at four seventy five? Like I'm, I'm trying to remain composed here, and I don't know if it's like a fishy number as you always call it. Therefore, I should stay away. But I have a hard time thinking like team to finish second that the book knows something or like somebody knows something about this division. I don't think you can know something like that about this division. And at 475, I I, I know that we're talking about it right now and I want to get too excited, but this is one of my favorite numbers and I'm embarrassed that we didn't bring it up before. Well, I think Atlanta's been good more recently and people have trouble projecting bad teams becoming good before they see it. So that's that's what it's about. But I, I think that's a great find. I'm going to take that when we get off. Le- okay, so let me ask you this then. If you if you like Carolina to finish second, does that mean you feel better about my Carolina to make the playoffs at plus 275? 
Because you did not like that several weeks ago when we talked about this. I don't know. See, I don't know. Because it's more so about that I'm not high on the same. Jesus Christ. I missed this too. I didn't realize that the Bucks first, Panthers second is plus 550. I think that might actually Taking be the play over 475. Taking it. I don't. It's not even so much me being that high. I think in that episode we were talking about that we're both really intrigued with what that like how that team is building their core and how much we liked last year that they just willingly said, we don't really know what we have and we're going to try a bunch of different things and see what happens this year. So it's more so me thinking that the Falcons could have kind of a rough transition with the new offense. I think it will pay dividends down the road, thinking that the Saints are just a completely mediocre team. So I don't know if I could see the Panthers going 9-8 and eight and not making the playoffs. And you're giving me so much more value at 475. The the playoff number was what? 275? 275, yeah. Is it still 275? Uh, well, it was 260 when we did the episode, and now it's right. 275. I think the play is Bucks first, Panthers second, plus 550. I think that sounds really good, and I'm locking that in as soon as we get off. My Cleveland to win the Super Bowl status is well known. My San Francisco love for this year, well known. What if I told you, you can get a Cleveland San Francisco Super Bowl ticket for plus 6,600? You know, I actually spent a lot of time this morning looking at the exact outcome. So that, that you're not talking about the outcome, just the match. No, just those two teams. See, I actually looked at the outcome quite a bit, looking to see if I could find value, because I, I had mentioned, I'll probably get to it here, some of the dart throws that I like for the Super Bowl, the Chargers, Cardinals among them. If I could find something with just crazy value, whether that's the Packers beating the Chargers, the the Chargers beating the Cardinals, and throwing a couple of bucks at it. What was the what was the number you said? 6,600. Give it like what's what's the dollar amount you're putting on that? Five dollars? Oh yeah, I mean it's redundant. It's 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 matching over tickets that I already own. So we're not talking about a big bet here. Uh, but I do I do like it because I mean it's obviously a great payout at sixty six to one, and I think it gives you especially you know if you if you did tail me on some of the other futures, if you didn't either way, I think this gives you some incredible hedge opportunities. Uh, and you can sort of mix and match some of these or do what I do and just have them all because uh, I really feel strongly about a handful of teams this year. Uh, I'm going to go for this 66-1 to 1 just mega home run, which is not something I do very often, but maybe I put, you know, 40 bucks on this, and if it pays, then, I don't know, we're taking the nurse to Cancun. Can I, can I give you one that I saw and wrote down for you? Please. Bills or Chiefs to make the Super Bowl, I believe I have written down. Bills or Chiefs to, to win the AFC. You get both teams plus 200. Nah. That's not Dude. for you. Captain Buffalo, plus you get the Chiefs thrown in there as a little kicker. Your love for the Browns has turned me on to them a little bit. I am higher on the Ravens than you are. Um, I mean, you never know what you're going to get out of the Texans. Can I interest you in a California team to win the Super Bowl at plus 450? You know, my computer is at 16% here. <laughs> Are you good? AFC North plus 450? You good? 
plus 550. You good? Yeah, let's go. Now we're down to 15%, so we're not going to go too long here. I mentioned those dart throws. I think I said I had three, but I actually only have two. I can't remember what the third one was. Chargers plus 3,000 is something that I mentioned. And Cardinals plus 4,000 is one that I mentioned way back when we did the episode, right when those odds dropped. And when you, I mean, you've been screaming about this QB formula Super Bowl thing forever, but like yeah. that's when you started getting really fired up about it. And we were trying to identify value where it was. You said you were fine with the idea of the Cardinals, but at 4,000, you weren't completely sold on that, not to mention you just think the Cardinals aren't a very good team and they're the worst team in that division. I'm still going to, I mean, you, you're talking about the 6,600. I actually like these as better dart throws than that because I think picking both teams, like go back any year of the Super Bowl and correctly picking both teams, you're almost never going to do it. I don't love that. Uh, you're not wrong. I mean, you're not wrong about that part. So maybe you're looking for something a little more modest. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like the Chargers plus 200 to finish second in the AFC West. Mentioned that a week ago. The Texans winning the fewest games in the NFL plus 225. Who's realistically going to challenge them for that? Maybe Detroit. And Detroit's a way better team. I suspect they are, yeah. But that's it, right? I mean... Are we talking about the Jets challenging them? I don't think so. I think the Jets will be competitively bad this year. They'll be competent by, we've talked about this before, December. Yeah, I think so. I like they'll they'll be they'll cover some spreads this year. They're they're not gonna have a great record, but they're gonna be in games. The I think Houston is just gonna be awful. The Raiders aren't gonna totally suck. We just talked about that. I think that they have some competence. I think that the book nailed it with the seven number. We are both optimistic about some 50-50 games that the Jaguars could win this year. The number was plus 225 on the Texans. Plus 225, and if you'd like to go a little bigger, may I add in the following? An NFL team this season goes 0-17 at plus 1,400. If you really want to get dangerous. I don't know. I think my Texans betting is going to be limited to the no playoffs minus 1,200 along with the no Lions playoffs minus nine. I got a lot of playoff ones. I mean, you, you've you been talking about the Browns, and then we, we had mentioned the Browns minus 225, yes, to make the playoffs. The Rams minus 200, yes, to make the playoffs. Then I mentioned the Texas my, Texans minus 1,200 did not make it. Lions minus 900 did not make it. Then also the Falcons did not make it minus 300. I think that I'm going to limit my Texans betting to just that one. I just, I don't need to pay attention to the Texans this year. I don't have Neither any do interest I. in doing I'm just going to fire on that 0-17 plus 1,400 and then come back at the end of the year. I'm not going to watch the games. What else do you want to revisit? Some win totals? Yeah, there. look, there's a lot of win totals that we could go back through and sort of underscore. I mean, the, the Saints under 9, the Washington under 8, Tampa and Kansas City being square bets, but ones that you should probably take anyway. Like, we could go back through all this. I'm just going to highlight one that I really believe in that I am currently holding a ticket on, and that is the Giants to make the playoffs at plus 225. I think they're going to win that division. Don't worry about the record. I just think they're going to win the NFC East. And unless you're new here, you're aware, you win the division, you go to the playoffs. So plus 225, I think it's a great number. They were pretty much right there at the precipice last year anyway. And I think uh, they'll get 
maybe some positive luck regression this year. I think their roster will be improved this year. You know, they 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 get players back. I I, I don't know how to account for Daniel Jones being Daniel Jones. I mean, I, I can't necessarily fix that, but I do think they have good coaching and with Saquon back and, and you know, good pieces, I, I'd say generally scattered throughout the roster. They're young, they're talented. Plus 225 is definitely a ticket I'm happy to be holding. Why are you not holding the Giants at 450 then to win the East? What? I mean, you just sat there and gave us three minutes on the Giants. I mean, why why are you not holding that the might Giants? Just, that, that might be a mistake on my part. Why are you not holding the Giants at 450 to win the East and the Giants at 325 to finish second? Like, if you're that high on them, why not? Well, I, I don't want them to finish tickets? second, but I will. I will double back and take them to win the division as well. Sure, I'm done. I'm gonna do that. Let's write that down. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't get the Giants thing. I don't get the Giants thing yet. Like, sure, Daniel Jones is gonna throw more than he had 11 touchdowns last year and like five million pass attempts. He's gonna have better stats. I just don't know if he's gonna be a better quarterback. If he's not a better quarterback, I don't see how the Giants are winning. Even to win this garbage division, I don't see how. Like getting to ten wins, it's a roster and coaching argument. Well, ten wins—they don't need ten wins to win the division. Washington wasn't even five hundred last year that won the division. Where is the like, where is this coaching argument from? Like, why? I, I like Judge. But I'm, why? I'm a, like, I'm a what believer. Is, what is there? Are you just like this is the inner contrarian in you, and you're what? pushing back against everything? What is it about New York and judges right now? Like, you got the whole Aaron Judge judges. Oh right field corner thing. Now you've you got okay? Joe Judge. What are we doing here? Do you think the Islanders are going to have like a wing Jeez. named Judge? I don't know what's watching going on. my battery hoping it just kind of starts to tick down but it's been sitting on 10% <laughs> for like 5 minutes. What do you want to close with? What 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 are you sitting on that you haven't fired off yet? I just want to close with reiterating that I like the Broncos. They're at 8 and a half. This is trending toward 9. Don't take that number. Take it after they start 2-1, 3-0. This number is going to be left up. The trader said that the win totals will be left up as long as possible, barring injuries and other big things. Don't take that. This number, I think, is going to get to 9. Wait until they're 2-1 or 3-0 because that number is going to be even higher, and the Broncos are not. I mean, if this number jumps to 10 after they're 2-1 or 3-0. I don't think that's going to not nine and a half. Fine. This number will be nine going into the season. It will go up. If this number jumps to nine and a half when they're two and one, the Broncos are not winning 10 games. Even if they get a little bit better quarterback play out of locker, whomever starts there, this team is not winning 10 games. I mean, take it at nine. If you want to, when it gets there, take it at eight and a half for all I care. The under this team is not winning 10 games. What's the higher number? The number of games that Bronc- the Broncos win this year or your current computer battery percentage? It's at nine right now. I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna say your computer battery number is higher. What team are you the most emotionally invested in right now? Is it the Browns or the Niners? Um, I think it's Cleveland because I really want to be right. I mean, I think Carolina is up there, but I I do feel like a little Charlie Brownish saying that the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl 
Uh, it's a, you know, it's it's kind of like predicting you thought the Cubs were going to win the World Series five years ago. Like you might have a great argument, but even if you've got all the all the dominoes kind of lined up, if it doesn't happen, you're going to look dumb because you picked the Browns to win the Super Bowl. So I definitely, but I do also have some cognitive dissonance because I'm not I'm not a huge Baker Mayfield fan. So it's it's kind of like I'm rooting against myself, which is always a good position to be in. Maybe the better question is, I mentioned, I think it was during the Airhorn a few weeks back, that Nebraska's going to suck this year, and I'm going to pile that under. And every time they lose a game, starting with week zero against Illinois, I'm going to come on the show and have a little Freedom Festival. Like, is there a Nebraska for you in the NFL? Did your did your wife cheat on you with a guy from Nebraska or something? I mean, th- this is like personal for you. This In a way that's deeply entertaining, so I'm not complaining. But I, this I did a full visceral. three thousand. I did a full three thousand word hot seat on betmgm.com. All the coaches in the hot seat on the hot seat going into the the season. I was really enjoying like writing a true hot seat for Scott Frost because I think he. I don't know if he'll get fired after this year, but I really enjoyed laying out the argument for why Scott Frost has done a horrible job. That was. A fantastic morning in the Dowdy household. Poor Scott Frost is listening to this podcast. Like, what did I do to this guy? Maybe Tom Herman and what, Scott Frost will they're gonna wind up in like the arena league or something. Well, they're going to form like the like the football version of the evil league of evilness or you know whatever it is in DC Comics, whatever it's called. I can't remember. Yeah, but okay. they're going to get together and, and like plot your demise. That's great. Six percent. Seven. You want to just hold here, and you want whenever just, it cuts out, it cuts out. You want to, you want to just end. You want to end the podcast. Yeah, maybe check out those NFL futures on BetMGM.com after the show, and there are going to be tons of football promotions for NFL and college football coming in August into September. Some season-long stuff. Uh, frankly, some really cool things that you haven't seen other sports books. So keep a, a lookout for those. Sign up now so you can grab those immediately. We're back on Thursday. That's July. 15th, I believe, for another episode of High Motor by the Bet MGM. Thank you for listening today, and we'll see you back here on Thursday. Thursday.